Welcome to Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Hello, I'm Paul Moore, joined here with our co-host, the ever-sharp and lovely Leslie Smith, and lecturer, teacher, executive coach, and all-around good guy, Herman Eamon. Herman, before we begin, I just want to remind everybody that this is not counseling by radio. Right. That it's a program of discipleship, and for those reasons, would you pray for us? <laughs> yes, Lord. Lord, we thank you so much that you have provided the answers, as we often say. Our issue, though, is we don't pay attention. And even if we know those answers that you provided, we tend to ignore them because we think we know better. I pray that that's not the case today. I pray that we will hear and do in your precious name. Amen. Amen and hallelujah. Please, if I can, the last time we were together, we were talking about the unifying theory of life. Yeah, that sounds so, so big. It sounds like how in the world could a relationship program be talking about the unifying theory of life? That sounds like that's science. It's duct tape, right? You can use it for everything. <laughs> that's exactly right. And that is, that's the point of the way the image of God tends to work. As, as I was studying this back in the early uh, 90s and the late 80s when I was first introduced to it by Dr. Marlon Howe in his Hope for the Family series, as I started studying this more, I started seeing it show up in so many different areas of life. Not only was it true that God had bestowed his image on man and woman, maleness and femaleness, like we talked about last time, but I started seeing how relationships in general had this power component and this relational component. And then I started seeing it show up in movies, and I saw it in personality tests, and I saw it in business. I mean, it's everywhere. What is it? It's the image of God, this concept of God is powerful. He is separate, totally different than us, and he is relational. He is belonging. He is with us. There's some phenomenal verses. In fact, uh, some of the most wonderful verses help you see that very clearly. But here's what I would challenge you to do, like we did last time and like we've done in some classes from time to time. What we have people do from time to time is just open up the Bible. <laughs> and, There's and, a novel idea. And yeah, open up the Bible and then look at some uh, where your finger falls in the Bible and see what verses that you're reading there to see if it displays something on the concept of powerful and relational. Okay, so in this case, you're saying it's okay to play Bible roulette. Just go through and, and see what you get. You pick a verse and uh, you read it, and there's going to be a power component of the verse or in that context, and then there's going to be a relational component. So let me bring up one of my most favorite verses since we're on this. But Isaiah 57:15 says, For thus says the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in a high and holy place. Now, is that relational or is that powerful? That's powerful. powerful. That's powerful. That's exactly right. That is something that he is basically saying, I'm different than you. <laughs> I'm separate. I'm way up here. And the next part of the verse gives us exactly the opposite. It says, you know, the last part of the first part of the verse. That, that sounds weird, doesn't it? I, I dwell in a high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. How interesting. 
I'm very much different than you. At the same time, I dwell with you. I am relating to you. So that's the idea behind he is separate and he's powerful. That's a better way to look at the image of God. And that very image has been bestowed in men and women. Power component more to men, relational component more to women. That's how we're thinking about this. Still, still with me? I think so. <laughs> Do you think that men and women view God differently in one skewed one way or the other? I would have a great tendency to believe that. I would speculate that to be true simply because we have a tendency to look at life through the way that we're wired. Mm -hmm. I have a tendency to look at life of, let's just get the job done. You know, whoever is, whoever is there to relate to, I'm, I'm not really thinking about it that much. More than likely, you'd be thinking a little bit more about, well, who's here? How, am I going to be making certain that they're feeling comfortable, they're, that I can relate to them? I'd, I'd totally believe that. Totally believe that. And I think that's the reason why we've got to understand this image of God and how it impacts everything. We need to eventually come out and understand the, uh, the idea behind results and relating that we've talked about so many times. Probably need to do that again today, maybe, right? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> the concept of results and relating, because we have a tendency to be one or the other. So with that in mind, let's talk about the idea of reflecting and or distorting the image of God. We're classifying it as the unifying theory, right? We certainly don't want to be a distorting it, and that's what Satan wants us to do. And we'll see some of that uh, hopefully next time on how that shows up for men and women, how we distort it. But let's stay at the you know higher level. Let's let's take something like movies. Could, okay. Could we actually see the image of God in movies? Now again, here's where I want your brain to be. God's image is He's powerful. And he's relational. So where would you see that in movies? Where do you think you'd see that in movies? Or would you? Well, most women's movies are just about relational aspects. Yeah. Most men's are very powerful. That's why we don't like watching them. <laughs> so you, you get into a, a woman's type of movie. Some people would call it a chick flick. Right. And it's all about what? Just relationships. Yeah, just relationships. How you're, how that relationship's going, and the ins and outs and the ups and downs of that relationship. The happily ever after. That's right. That's right. Why waste time in a movie kissing when you could be hanging off a cliff or shooting someone? And that's what a man's movie is going to be looking at, right? The the war movies, the action yes. thrillers, the those those type of things. Yeah, that's that's so interesting to see that once you start understanding the image of God, you can start seeing it everywhere. Uh, Sci-fi movies most often are going to be more along the line of action, right? Right. right. Uh, war movies, like I said, westerns, uh, any of those type of uh, movie in that genre. Then you have the love stories and the chick flicks and the musicals and those type of things are more on the relational side. Now, even on the power side, you would have to have what? Even if you had the, the power side, you'd have to have Relationships. Some relationships or else it's, it's nobody not gonna, might it's watch not gonna, it. It's not going to work. Right. All of the action does help, but it doesn't explain, you know, the, the intricacies of how this person got here and the relationship and make you want to be like that person unless they have the relationship. Okay, but there's the same principles in both. They just relate differently. 
Well, they, they're expressed differently. I'm sorry. It might not be expressed differently, but there is going to be more of a focus on the action for a man's movie and more on the relationship for a woman's movie. That's the way it's going to typically show up. In fact, okay. some of the some of the unfortunate recent uh, research that I've seen, actually it's not real recent, it's uh, two to three years old at least, talking about pornography and the way that there's a huge difference in pornography for men versus women. And the audience that the film directors are going for is for women pornography. So what would be the difference again? It's about the relationship or the power. Exactly. All of the, all of the relationship aspects for the woman's pornography and the man's pornography is just all about the visual nature of what's going on. Wow, it's just what a action. way to build a business. They start just catering by making it relational. Well, so there you go. Listen, um, we'll be back right after this. If you're really into it, go ahead, go to the website. That's greatrelationships.com, grnumeratelationships.com. We'll be back right after this. Great quotes from God's Word for great relationships. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others as better than himself. Philippians 2, 3. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. You know how you're always praying for a sign from God? That you're meant to go to seminary? This is your sign. Seriously, I'm here to tell you about grace. Grace School of Theology. It's free grace based. The professors are world class. It's accredited, accessible, attainable, and oh yes, it's affordable. You can even complete your entire degree online, which means you don't have to move. Wouldn't it be great to have a deeper knowledge of the Word of God? Write this down. www. .gsot.edu gsot.edu or call 877-476-8674 877-476-8674 Welcome back. You're listening to Great Relationships Pursuing the Best in Work, in Life, and Love. If you've missed the discussion two options, go check out the website, greatrelationships.com. It's grnumeral8relationships.com. Specifically, I believe we're in Chapter 2 of the course material. Okay, Herman, so getting back to the topic of the unifying theory and looking for the image of God, both male and female in all things, there's a movie that you talk about that's kind of a really good example. Not a go-see, but a good example. Yeah, the Thomas Crown Affair is very interesting from the things that we're going to talk about a little bit more here in a minute about a woman that was very powerful and watching her shift from this very powerful mindset into a more relational mindset. It's very interesting to see how that happened and to see that even though we have a design, men more powerful, women more relational in the design, it may not show that 
from time to time. So in this case, the woman was very powerful, and we can speculate because she wasn't taken care of, she wasn't protected, she was in relationships where she was being taken advantage of, so she ended up having to take care of herself. She gets into a relationship with a very powerful guy, and she wants that relationship, and she ends up becoming a lot more relational with this guy because he was taking care of her. In in reality, that's the way it tended to be. So work. going back more into her design than mm-hmm. her development. Yeah, that's a great way to consider it. So that was a, a very prominent image of God issue showing up, relational issue, in spite of the fact the movie, you know, is not the, the best rating of the movie to see what was going on there, shows you that this concept of unifying theory is everywhere. We ought to expect this unifying theory to be showing up everywhere because God created everything and his image is there to draw attention to him through all creation and everything that goes on. So it, it, it shouldn't surprise us what we don't realize is we don't pay attention to it, though. We're just, we just don't see it. Another thing that we have in the study guide in Chapter 2 is his image showing up in religions. This is very typical of us looking at religions and even denominations, not just religions in general. For instance, uh, if I said Islam, where, where do you think that would be? Powerful or relational? Where do you think that would be? That's a good question. I would say powerful. It tends to be more on the power side from my viewpoint, and I'm certainly no uh, scholar to, to know that, but the way that the God of Islam tends to bestow himself is capricious. He's just all-powerful, and you, you hope that you do the right things to be able to have a relationship with him, but he's not relating to you uh, for the most part the way that uh, I've heard that talk about. Uh, what about Mormonism? Where do you think that would be, on the power or the relational side? I would say relational. Because um, it's so family-oriented. Right. It's, it has that mindset. I would tend to put it there also. Then you have the agnostics and the deists. Those are going to be obviously on the power side. What about African tribal? Is that uh, relational or is that powerful? Wow, it could go either way. I would say in both cases. It's powerful. Mm-hmm. I would tend to put it in that category also because it's more about animism. You know, the power is in the, the trees or the rocks and the stones and that type of stuff or the, the magic is going to be more powerful. You're trying to control those type of things. Uh, New Age, obviously, is on the relational side. Yes. May the force be with you. <laughs> That's not really New Age necessarily, but uh, certainly is, is one of those things that you can be thinking about. So consider denominations even. They're going to have some of that, uh, that concept. What would a Bible church be uh, typically associated with, relational or powerful? More powerful, yeah, I think, than yeah, relational. Because truth is considered more powerful, and that's what the idea of a Bible church is focuses on truth, and therefore it gets stereotyped into all they do is talk about the truth. They're not to relate and to judgmental you at all. because they're just preaching truth, mm-hmm. not not pursuing relationships. Right. So I was with a group of young people Friday night, and one of the things that came up is we were talking about First John one nine. Yeah. Right? So here's the creator of the universe in 1 John 1, 9, right? If we are eager to confess our sins to him, he is quick and faithful to forgive us. Here's something very powerful, right? We're talking about God's judgment, and then we have God's grace and forgiveness. Right. And all these young people just, 
I didn't realize the Bible said that. And the discussion then became about, yes, forgiveness restores a relationship, but doesn't necessarily make the consequence go away. Right. And they were real confused with that. Yeah, the consequence is the power, right? The forgiveness is bringing it back into the relational side. Very good. Excellent. Religions, personality tests. So we're going to bring something else here. If you take a typical personality test, you're going to see a variety of ways that those personality tests label an individual. Okay, so let's take some words like productive. Would that be separate or relational? Separate. Yeah, it's separate. Conspirator, that's a little more difficult. Mm. Separate or relational? I'm going to go with separate. Yeah, because it's more about the activity. It certainly has a relational component. All of these will have some relational component. So what we do in a in-person class is we'll read these lists. For instance, on the separate side, productive, conspirator, blamer, confrontational, thinker, intuitive, lion, intimidating. These are typical statements that a lot of personality tests have in them. So that's a, a list of separate items. Okay, forgive the shameless plug, but yet another reason for someone to go to the website, greatrelationships.com, because it's in the study guide. In the study guide, you can see these lists and take it for yourself, because we're going to talk about that here in a little bit to understand what's going on. So on the separate side, a productive conspirator, blamer, etc. On the belonging side, you have placator, peacemaker, golden retriever, distractor, <laughs> compliant, perceiver, sensor, feeler, relational. You know, you have a, a different list. And what's so fun is to get the group to sit down and simply check the boxes on which one of those words. Am I more on the productive side or am I more of a placator? Which of which are the combinations of those? It's pretty play? quick to realize it doesn't take very long to understand which side you're on. It, that's true. Yes. And, and you'll start checking those boxes. And what happens is since we've been talking about designs of men and designs of women, what questions do you think are going to show up at this point in time? Do you have to be on the relational side if you're a woman? Yes. Should you be? Yes, Absolutely. Is there something wrong with me because I'm checking some of these separate items? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, or for a man, uh, I'm checking some of these relational items or a number of these relational items, and I'm not checking a lot of the separate items. It goes both ways. Mm -hmm. So does that mean the designs are wrong? Does that mean this unifying theory is actually wrong? Is that, is, is that what's going on here? I wouldn't say wrong. I would say sin-entered and confused and a lack of a, a perfect world has made me maybe go to the separate side. Yep. That's what we want you to understand. Just like Paul said a little earlier, there's a, two D words we like you to remember. Design. And development. Yeah, that's, that's the other word. Because we are going to develop, and Leslie, you're saying it exactly the way we believe it to be true, that... What happens as we are developed in this sin-sick world, we are going to develop in ways that don't necessarily fit the way we're designed. So we, we've got to pay attention to that. And that's something that's going to be a, a killer for a lot of relationships because they're not paying attention to the unifying theory that my design really is the place I need to be, and yet I am focusing my attention on the things that are not the way I'm designed. And once you realize that, especially as a woman who maybe was uh, designed relational but developed separate, 
when I realized that I could then lean into my relational part of me and it is more comfortable, it's hard to change, but it is a more comfortable place to be for me as a woman. Wow. I want to hear some more about that after the break. I want to hear you talk about a little bit of what you've just said, because that could be a very important statement for a lot of our listeners to hear. So there you go. We'll pick it up right there after the break. Great relationships. That's GR numeral eight relationships.com. We'll be back with more right after this. Great quotes for great relationships. That woman was taken from man no more implies the inferiority of woman to man than the taking of man from the ground implies the inferiority of man to the ground. Nor does the term helper connote subordination. Dr. Eugene Merrill. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships right now. Relationships can be great, and not just marriages or romantic relationships, all relationships. The Bible offers the same solution to what is essentially the same problem. What is the problem and what is the solution? Study along with us to find out. Great Relationships is a video course offering biblically-based insight on relationships. In each video, watch Herman tame tough issues by discussing them in a casual online learning environment. Each of Great Relationships' 12 chapters are subdivided into quick segments you can squeeze into a coffee break. So if you've had time to listen to this promotion, you have the time to sign up and start today. Visit our website at greatrelationships.com. That's G-R-numeral-8-relationships.com to sign up for our free newsletter. Pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Back to great relationships, pursuing the best in work and life and love. Wow, if we haven't convinced you that you need to go to the website, greatrelationships.com, grnumeratrelationships.com. A lot of what we're talking about can be found in the Chapter 2 videos. You can take that test Herman was talking about. It's in the study guide, which could be downloaded, and sign up for the free newsletter. Okay, enough said. Before the break, Leslie was making a really huge point. That's right. She was talking about the fact that... Uh, she has understood her development is different than her design. Yes. Talk, talk to us a little bit about that. I think I was raised to have a career and to be powerful and to be on my own and be very independent. And yet God had on my heart that I always wanted to be a stay-at-home wife and mom. I don't mm -hmm. know why I had that. So when I was at work, when I first started, it didn't feel comfortable to be powerful with other men and yet when I was home, it didn't feel comfortable to be so relational. So after learning, oh, I don't know how many years ago when we went through the first Hope for the Family that um, women are naturally designed to be relational, mm -hmm. that I didn't have to be that powerful person. Yeah, that is so freeing to so many ladies and so many men to understand Satan is trying to confuse us. Well, not only that, but it's not that I'm a lesser person because I'm relational, that I'm not giving up power, mm -hmm. that that's God's. Um, but it feels, uh, I think society maybe has made it to where we think that that is a, a lesser person. That's exactly right. That's what Satan is trying to exactly. do. Exactly. Trying to do to women. 
And he's trying to do it to men. We yes. can talk about that in our next program uh, about how that typically works because we do want to talk about this ish and isha, you know, the, the idea of, of uh, the two Hebrew words for man and woman and, and Matt Montgomery hopefully is going to join our us Our chief on that. engineer maybe uh-huh. can join us and yeah. that would be pretty cool. Yeah, but go- going back to what you're saying, Leslie, that is so huge that so many people, especially so many uh, women, don't realize that the lie that they're believing or taking in is the lie that Satan wants them to believe, which is they've got to be taking care of themselves. Correct. And, and if you've got to take care of yourself, you can't lean into your design. You can't, and it's very uncomfortable, and it's taken me. I've been married for 20, almost 28 years, and it's still developing. Mm-hmm. It's still hard to shed away that powerful side. Yeah. Okay, so she got married when she was three, but do you think it's, <laughs> do you think it's because we're raising our daughters to be better sons? Too much of the time, yes, especially in society as it is right now with so much focus on women to become more powerful to be the leaders, that is the, uh, that is the key focus. And there's a lot of pushback whenever I talk about this type of stuff to uh, audiences that don't know me and don't know this material. There's a lot of pushback on Okay, it. so then for those people and myself, let me just get right to the point. I have, I'm a woman and I've developed that way, mm-hmm. right? Or I'm a man and maybe I've developed more relational. That's not necessarily wrong. I just need to realize that I've developed that way so I can do something about it where appropriate. What I always like to say is, uh, is there a better option? I'm not asking you to not be powerful. I'm just asking you to lean into where you actually can be the most powerful, which is your relationship. That's, That's how I teach and work with female executives. What I teach them is don't try to be like a man. Do not try to be powerful like a man because you are underpowered or you don't have that capacity. What you do have a capacity for is relating. So use your relational capabilities to the fullest and you will actually lead better instead of turning into this ogre or the B word. You know, that's what typically happens for a woman when she is too powerful. Right. And that doesn't go well in the workforce um, for other women or men, if you're the leader. Right. Um, but, um, I, you know, I don't think God made a mistake in making me a doer and a task, uh, somebody that has great follow through to get things done. So I don't want to erase that part of my personality. But I do realize that I'm lacking in the relationship side, and that's what I can work on. I can pursue the relationships while I'm getting stuff done. That the relationship, and I say this to myself often, people are more important than the thing. The people are more important than the thing. I actually have to say that over and over to myself. I do too. I mean, that's one of the things because I end up being on the powerful side and I just want to get things done also. And you need to make it a little more relational. Right. What, what's going to help you is because you already have that relational capability built into you. It's going to be easier for, to, for you to move into the people side. I don't have that built into me. Right. And I really have to work on it. Okay, Herman, it's just, it, you don't just have to get it done. Right. Consider the people. You will have an easier chance to And it there. is a more comfortable place for me. Is it? I can tell that it is what I'm designed for. I'm not designed to be this powerful, get-or-done person. What I have, uh, what I've experienced in some of my relationships uh, or some of my work, 
and uh, Dr. Howe had uh, a number of conversations like this that fit your statement perfectly. Some of the very staunch feminists, mm-hmm. when you get into a conversation with them and basically say, okay, now tell me, wouldn't you just like to have somebody take care of you rather than having to be so independent? Most often their comment is, yeah, yes, I would. Yeah, and, uh, you know, being out on your own and alone um, without being under an umbrella of somebody is a scary place to be as a woman. Yeah, and that's not necessarily what is being taught. Correct. No, you, you need to be out there because you can't trust a man. You cannot, that's right. And unfortunately, that's true. A lot of men are untrustworthy. So we'll, the one thing I'd like you to remember is you have a design, lean into your design, and let God work on that development side. Thank you, Herman, and thank you, Leslie. Until next time, great relationships. GRNumerlateRelationships.com, pursuing the best in work at life and love, because it does take right thinking for right relationships right now. How is your day going, Barbara? I can't even begin to tell you how terrific my life is right now. What a coincidence. My life is just overflowing with blessings, too. Why, just yesterday, I found a $100 bill on the ground. That's great. I saved a cat that was stuck in a tree, and the owner was so thankful that she gave me a gift card to my favorite restaurant, Luigi's. Wow, I was in Luigi's just the other day and saved a man that was choking with the Heimlich Maneuver. He was so overjoyed that he gave me tickets to that new play that's been sold out for weeks. That's amazing. I've been wanting to see that play myself. Really? I asked my husband and he didn't want to go. Will you go with me? That would be great. Have you ever had days like this? (laughs) Neither have we. That's why we recommend great relationships. Join Herman as he offers you the opportunity to pursue the best for others, kindly, patiently, sacrificially, and unconditionally. Right thinking, right relationships, right now.